Good morning. How are you? Doing good? Excellent. Excellent. I like that. I like the way you guys are kind of shaking things up around here. Like I look over there and the Wilsons are over there. They're always right there. So when I want to convict the Wilsons, I look right there. They're tricking me. Um, we're going to open the word in a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to have uh, we have a guest here today, Rob Welch, who's the director of For His Glory Ministry. He's going to share a little bit about their global work. Uh, they've also got a banquet coming up he wants to mention, and also some of the things that are happening locally that we can get involved in. So let's give a warm welcome to Rob Welch. All the way from Africa, but he does not have Ebola. <laughs> That's yours. Thanks. So, have a seat. Actually, I live in Lake St. Louis, so it's really <laughs> not that far this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we had an opportunity to talk the other day because I interviewed you on uh, Encounter. And so, wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to kind of share some of the things we shared on air about what you're doing nationally, and then talk a little bit about the local thing. So tell us about what's happening uh, with your international ministry. Right, thanks. Uh, well, internationally, we've been uh, focusing on... Uh, you don't mind if I face your congregation, do you? No, you don't have to look at me. <laughs> okay, that, well, that, I want to look that, at you, that'd too. Be, that'd be hard to do for 30 minutes, I can sure you. <laughs> Ask my wife. It's terrible. <laughs> well, your your uh, congregation seems to handle it pretty good. Yeah. Well, they only have to do it once a week, so. <laughs> uh, well, internationally, uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I lead a ministry called For His Glory, and uh, God's given us a call to preach the gospel around the world, and it's similar in style to uh, Billy Graham's ministry, so just to give you a real quick uh, picture. And we're focusing, and have been focusing on ministering in East Africa. We've been... Uh, to Kenya and Tanzania a lot the last uh, three years, and we're seeing the Lord do some incredible things. Uh, our ministry really took off uh, just a little over two years ago on a mission in northern Tanzania where we shared the gospel with about 200,000 people over five days and and uh, really saw God moving in power. And kind of what you see in the book of Acts is the kind of stuff we're seeing God do and we had close to 50,000 people make professions of faith, and we saw uh, hundreds of demons cast out. It's it's an area steeped in witchcraft and, mm. and Islam and, and just so much visible demonic activity. So really what you see in the Gospels and the book of Acts, that's the kind of stuff we've been seeing. And then uh, You mean the Bible's really true? Absolutely, and the okay. Holy Spirit is still active in the and life he, of the, the church. The Holy Spirit is still alive? Yes. Amen. Um, Let's give it up for the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> So, what? just to give you a quick picture, what we'll do is we'll work with the churches in an area, and they'll come together. Uh, we'll organize, we call it a festival, some people call it a crusade, some people have other names for it, uh, but it's really an open-air uh, gathering, and uh, over five days we'll preach the gospel, and it's, it's very simple. Uh, the greatest compliment I ever get is, you only preach Jesus. And I, and the thing that I wonder when I hear that, at first I'm, I'm grateful that that's what they're saying, but then I'm wondering, what is everybody else preaching? 
I'm serious. I you know, hear and, you, man. And you, you only preach the simple gospel, and as an evangelist, what other message do we have? We're not trying to impress people with our knowledge of the Bible. We're calling people to surrender to Christ and to receive His grace and His salvation and be filled with His Holy Spirit that they might live transformed lives and advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So so that's really our calling. And uh, since uh, the beginning of 2012, we share the gospel with close to 900,000 people and seen over 200,000 make commitments for Christ. So, so your goal is currently, you, know, you, you're going, you have some missions festivals. I don't like the word crusade. No, I, I don't either, especially so, not in a Muslim context. Exactly. We're trying, we're trying we're to invite the Muslims the <laughs> to come to this Savior and, and, uh, and say, come to this crusade that we're holding. It's like, that's not going to work so well in some of these places. Um, so... What do you have planned? Is it next year or the year after? Uh, yeah, next year and the year after is is kind of more up in the air, but we're really looking at m- focusing in on Africa. Uh, next year we're looking at ministering in uh, Kenya uh, in a place called Kamana, which is in southern Kenya near Mount Kilimanjaro, the Maasai tribe, which is a nomadic uh, cow herding and sheep herding tribe, kind of the picture you get of Africa I think the picture you get in your mind of the people, it's like the Maasai people with spears. And and uh, we're going uh, to a place that it, I think is really ripe for the gospel, and we're going to be working with the churches in that area, likely in March. We've got to finalize the dates. And I just want everybody that's listening to know, if God leads you to come, if you can travel and you cover your way, and you've got a heart for Jesus, you're welcome. <laughs> so uh, if you say, boy, I wish I could do something like this, if you can get on a plane and get your way there and you love Jesus and you're willing to be used, you can come. So, uh, so that's something to consider. If God stirs up in your heart, whether it's with us or with somebody else, don't wait for God to send somebody else. If God's speaking to your heart, that means he's probably sending you. So uh, so we're bringing a team uh, in March, I believe. Uh, we'll have the dates finalized in the next month. But we'd love to have people come share the gospel with children, uh, go and minister in prisons, minister in schools. If, if uh, they're on universities, uh, churches, and uh, share the gospel in the streets and everywhere we can, the highways, byways, we want to share Christ. So... Uh, that's in March, and then, uh, again, Lord willing, dates will be finalized soon. And then in the summer, we're going to uh, Goma, Congo, Lord willing. And that's an area that's really ripe for the, the gospel. A lot of you don't know there's been unrest in Congo. This is a great way to invite people, saying there's unrest. Come and join us. So, uh, and and that, that's going to be a more selective trip. Uh, David, you'd be welcome. Oh, but, well, thank uh, you. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So, but but I'm not sure. Anyway, that's going to be more of a you know your experienced and Green Beret type trip. Uh, but so, so uh, Hannah will have to go to that one. She'd be welcome. She's experienced. She would be welcome. Absolutely, Hannah, you're welcome on any trip I go on. So, um, but uh, there we're we're looking to work with the churches, and I, I think we're going to see a huge harvest. Uh, maybe over 200,000 people giving their hearts to Jesus in, in, in a week. So if you really want to see God move and, and you've been on missions and you're ready for kind of more of an extreme mission, that's a great one. And then, <laughs> and then another one of those type of trips uh, next fall, Lord willing, we're going to South Sudan. Another vacation getaway that you're all longing to go on, I know. And uh, it's incredibly ripe there for the gospel 
but we definitely are, are looking for people to get behind us in different ways, going with, praying, sending us through your prayers, and, and certainly giving so us So when you, um, some of your past trips to, say, Kenya or wherever, what size is a typical team that you take? It really varies from a real small team would probably be five or six mm-hmm. And a large team, uh, the biggest team we brought was uh, 16. Okay. Uh, and then we have um, others that joined us. I think it was 19 with everybody. Or, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, somewhere 10 to 15 is going to be normally, I think, what we shoot for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's a lot of ministry going on. In some cases, we could bring more. So you're not just going over and setting up a tent and preaching the gospel. You do that, but you're doing a lot more than that. Well, really, we don't set up tents. There's This is an exception to what's happening locally. Um, but we have open-air meetings. Like, we'll be in a soccer field, and we try to have it in a neutral environment because you don't want to just tell somebody who's who's not a believer, not really that exposed to the gospel or has wrong understanding about what it means to follow Christ. You don't want to say to a Muslim, come to my church and hear my pastor preach. As great as your preaching is, that's probably not going to be a first step for most Muslims to come and listen to you. But if you go to an area where there's music and it's open air and it's a neutral environment that everybody's comfortable with, a soccer stadium is usually where we go. Because you could have well over 100,000 people. A lot of these places, you could have a couple hundred thousand people come out and hear the gospel and respond. So you want a neutral setting, and then you have all the churches. I was starting to say we'll work with all the churches in an area that will come together. So you have the Anglicans and the Assemblies of God and the Baptists. I'm sorry, I'm not ignoring you guys. I just get captivated by looking at your responses there, David. And uh, So good looking. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for that. Amen. And, uh, and humble, too. Humble, yeah. And uh, so I, I love your humility, and you're not afraid to tell people about it. My greatest but, attribute is my humility, yes. <laughs> Mine, too, I think. So I, we, we, we both have ways to go on the sanctification. But, but we'll... Uh, <laughs> but we'll... Uh, I always enjoy talking to you. It's, your pastor is um, one of our best promoters, so I'm just grateful for him and his heart. I, I mean that with all my heart, all joking aside. Uh, but... Uh, but we'll go and we'll work with all these churches. So you see these churches coming together that were previously divided. And David, I'm just going to share our overall vision here, if you don't mind. And even if you do, you gave me a mic, so I'll be quick. <laughs> um, what our vision is, is to see more than just festivals and huge events and great responses. Because we've seen a huge response to the gospel. What it was Jesus' command, though? It was to do what? Make go disciples. make disciples, Right. Right. And it's not just go and make people raise their hand at some big meeting where you got some foreign preacher preaching. It's go and make disciples. That's his command. This is his standing order for his church. His last words are found before he comes back are found in Acts 1.8. You shall be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the vision that God has given us is to see disciple-making movements launched, church-planning movements launched that will transform nations. So what we're doing with these churches is we're training them and we're equipping them to make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples and start house churches or discipleship groups, a lot of times in conjunction with existing churches, but then just rapidly multiplying because we have uh, over 7 billion people on our planet 
Probably six billion of them are lost. And we've got a command to go and make disciples who will make disciples because we've got a world to reach before Jesus comes back. And I believe he's coming back very soon. So Amen. that's the vision God's giving us. And so we're equipping believers to multiply. And the festival is kind of the catalyst that brings all the churches together and the Pentecost-type event. But then there's multiplication that's going on after that. And that's what we've been really working to establish the last couple of years. And and so those of you that are real disciplers, you'd have an opportunity if you go to. It's not just go and do street evangelism. It's go and equip people to be disciples and make disciples. Good. Now, you have an event coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. We, we have a, you have a, a banquet. We have Tell a banquet that. that's coming up on Saturday, October 18th. And it's a long trip for all you guys. It's at the Christie Banquet Center <laughs> down the street. So this is like ideal for your church. And I've got about 20 sheets. Anybody here is welcome to come. There's... Uh, Obviously, we'd love for people to support us financially, but you're not required to give a gift, uh, you know, to show up at so much a plate. Just come and hear what God's doing. If you've got a heart for the kingdom and you think, boy, I'd like to learn more about for his glory, come. You might want to get behind us in prayer. You might want to get behind us uh, financially. You might want to come with on a trip. You might want to minister with us locally. This is a great window into the ministry. It's Saturday, October 18th at 6 p.m. at the Christie. It should be about two to two and a half hours. I think you're coming you, to that, you know, correct? You, you, that, yes, you know where the Christie is, right? It's, it's Veterans it's like, uh, Memorial Parkway. It's like 90 seconds from here. Yeah, it really is incredibly close. That's no joke. And I've got about 20 sheets, and if if you want... Uh, to invite others, just send me your email address. I've got some business cards I can uh, give that to you. Now, uh, what do you have right there? What's that paper I've got there? these are the sheets. Anybody interested? They're pretty much two of the same, different graphics. But You, you look younger take... in this picture. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll make sure. I, I won't say it. I, I had a great response. Yeah, I'm sure you did. We better we better hold off on that. I will. I want to be invited back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have another. You have two sheets. They're different. It's this. Yeah, but it's the same info. One is the cover sheet. Okay. Um, so who's this gentleman here? Uh, that is Bishop Masenga. He. We work. That's a good question. Uh, that that's I ask of, good questions. That's why you, I do radio. You do. That's why you're an interviewer. Yeah. Bishop Masenga is a pastor. We were in Kisi, Kenya earlier this year. We worked with about 300 pastors and bringing together an outreach in southwestern Kenya. And we saw about 16,000 people respond to the gospel. Bishop Masenga is the spiritual father of that area, and there's kind of a house of bishops or a council of elders, along with an executive committee. These events. Uh, it's not just events, but these things are well organized. We're working with all the churches that will work together. There are all these different teams that are getting things together on the ground. So he was really, uh, he and Bishop uh, Elisha were really the, the two key organizational leaders on the, the Council of Elders and the Executive Committee, which is really the the working leadership team. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he he's a true man of God. Came there, there are really about no believers in that community, and he and his wife were called by God. A lot of religion, but no personal relationship with Christ. When you say religion, you mean even Christianity? I'm religion? talking quote unquote Christian religion. People that aren't born again. Right. There are a lot of people that think they're good because they're quote unquote Christian, 
but don't know what it means to know Christ. They're not born again. They've never experienced God. Right. They just have religion. So they came to an area that's religious and very hard to the gospel. Still is challenging. Mm-hmm. And very much like here, it was amazing. It was so Western and materialistic. A lot of the bondage we have, it was just like here. And yet in the midst of it all, we saw God breaking through. But this is a true man of God. And um, he's in his early 70s and just wow. real hard for the kingdom. Awesome. Um, so tell us about what you're doing locally. Uh, locally, and I'm not the one leading this, but there is a, an outreach in Ferguson that all of you are welcome to be a part of. It started yesterday. I'm going to be there some of the nights. It's called the Ferguson Response. So if you got a pen and piece of paper and want to learn more, uh, you can go to their website. It's thefergusonresponse.com. And uh, there's a 21-day tent revival there. There actually is a tent. God gave Jonathan Thomas, the organizing evangelist, a vision of a, a tent and, and prayer and praise going up to God. And and uh, for 21 days, there'll be a service from 7 to 9 in the <clears throat> evening. Uh, it started yesterday. It's right by First Baptist of Ferguson. So mm-hmm. uh, in Ferguson... And the the idea is to bring the gospel to the people of Ferguson in a time of great need. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be sending out evangelism teams. We're hoping to send out teams every day if we can. Uh, But this has all been organized in about three weeks. So there there are a lot of loose ends. And anybody that wants to come and be a part of this, you're welcome. We're looking to have teams go out at at 2 and and at 5 uh, p.m. each day. And they're going to be praise teams at the tent from 2 to, to 10 in the afternoon. So uh, if you're interested in learning more, uh, check out the website or give me a call. But we would welcome your participation and we would welcome you inviting others. We're hoping to involve as many churches as we can in the area to be a part of this. Yeah, one of the things that you talk about often, both globally and locally, is bringing churches together, bringing pastors together. Tell us about the the uh, the prayer that's been going on on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday evening? The that's Believer's correct. Chapel? Or yes, I... that's exactly right. Believers. Because what's encouraging chapel. to me is to see uh, um, churches coming together, races coming together, uh, pastors coming together, which is one of the hardest things in the world to do. It really is. And, and I... This was totally unsolicited here, but your pastor is unique, unfortunately, in this, uh, and there are others too, so he's not alone, but he's a kingdom man, and, and most pastors here are focused on their church, and it's hard for them to see beyond their church, and really, that that's, that's a deception of Satan to the American church and to churches around the world. It's not just here, it's around the world. There's division. In John 17, Jesus prayed that we would be one. And so when you see God move, you see churches coming together. If you want to see a movement of God, the leaders, the people of God need to humble humble themselves. Second Chronicles 7, uh, 14, humble themselves and confess their sin and their division. Because if if the church comes together and is truly united, nothing can stop her. And, and so that's where the battle is with Satan. He, he, he battles for our families because he wants husbands and wives to be divided. You see that in our culture. He battles to divide our churches and our people mm-hmm. and, our, and, and the different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants us to be divided because if we truly come together in Christ, 
We can change the world because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We have the Word of God. We have the heart of God. This is God's very will to advance His kingdom. So, so the need that we have as a church is come together in unity. And we're to be unifiers around the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's some non-essentials that we can disagree on and still be brothers and sisters. We don't have to agree on every point of doctrine. Amen. We have to agree that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. We have to believe in the Trinity. We have to believe in, that salvation is by grace through faith. We have to believe the Bible is the inerrant, the true Word of God. And, and we have to believe that Jesus is coming again and that everyone that does not know Christ will be condemned and everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. We need to believe these things. We can argue, we shouldn't argue, but we can differ on, on other issues like how to set up the leadership structure of the church or, or what's happening in baptism and the Lord's Supper and, and what worship style is most comfortable. Or, there are a lot of things we can have different views on and still be one in Christ. And so God is calling us together. And I think that's the key thing of evangelists and, and kingdom leaders is to see the body of Christ come together with a common kingdom vision and a common mission. Because if we do that, we're going to start pushing back the darkness Amen. and see God bring an awakening in our nation and see Him transform nations. So when you met... Uh, uh... Uh, I believe, I'm not believers temple. It's a hard one. Believers saying, temple. I keep, word saying, fellowship. I keep on saying nice chapel. It's temple. Believers temple. Yeah, but it's a long name. So, you, so, but believers church. So we'll sure. But after, after the, the, the things began to unfold in Ferguson, uh, pastors and believers got together and tell us, you said there was quite a turnout. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a good, good thing you're bringing. The first two weeks, let me just share this. The first week, there were probably about 400 people there for a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night. From many churches. From many, many different black, churches. White, black and white, Hispanic. Uh, I didn't see a lot of Asian representation. I mean, that was about the, the major black. That was, but, but Latino, African American, uh, Caucasian or Anglo American, whatever. You know, I'm not big on labels because, you know, we're. <laughs> We're, we're all the same, really, underneath the surface, right. and, and uh, the differences are really amazingly minor. Different the cultures. difference is some of us are better looking, but yeah, you're right. <clears throat> now, go on. I may buy you a mirror. Any- <laughs> Can we put that in the budget, babe? <laughs> Although, I'd have to look in the mirror, too. I was too, talking so. about you, not me. Oh, you're a sweet man. I may buy me a mirror then, and yeah. that would be even worse. I'm humble. Look at myself. It's bad. Look at the car mirror. How do I look today? I don't bother. Uh, <laughs> if I look good to my wife, that's really look good to the Lord and the wife. That's all that matters. What was your question? I'm sorry. The turnout of believers. Temp- it was great because we had all these different churches. Destiny Church was involved. Uh, lots of different denominations, different parts of the city and the regions coming together and to pray. And so the first two weeks, we had 400 people probably the first week. We probably had 500 people the second week or close to it. And then it kind of dwindled some, but it's still, uh, and in the last week it was much smaller, probably 70, 80 people, but still 80 people on a Tuesday night, you know, that for a prayer meeting. Um, it really is a diverse group right. and, and different uh, theological backgrounds and experiences and expressions. And it was very Pentecostal in style, so there was a Pentecostal church, but right. different branches of the church represented. Well, it's and, encouraging to me to see the, the 
churches coming together. And that's what we need. Right. You know, that's what we need here. That's something we need to pray towards and work towards. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we interact with other believers, it's critical that we really share that and, and be leaders in this because mm-hmm. Jesus said any kingdom or house divided against itself cannot stand. Right, amen. And, uh, and we need to be united. Uh, we know we have the ultimate victory. Jesus is coming back for his bride. Amen. Uh, but he wants us to be together. He wants us to serve together. He wants us to love together. He wants us to advance his kingdom together. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Thank I you. I appreciate you. And hopefully uh, some you. of us will be at the banquet. I'll, You're I'll, all invited. I will be there. Do you want to pass these out or you just want to? Yes. Uh, anybody that wants them, uh, I'll just pass it. Uh, if there are more people that want them. See me afterwards, but anybody wants one, take one, and feel free to invite others. Good. And David, thank you for the chance to share. No problem. Appreciate your work. Give it up for Rob. Thank you. Good. Now, Rob, you don't have a mic anymore. Okay. Um, so we we do have a we do have a worship team going over to Ferguson. Hannah, come on up and share a little bit about about that. And then, um, if others want to get involved doing evangelism or just going to pray, we can work with you, help organize. I would prefer. If you give Hannah a mic and she's standing. I'm just kidding. I love you. You know I love you. I love you. You're supposed to say I love you too. I'm waiting until I have a mic to say I love you too. Okay, good. And do you love me so much you'll go to Africa with me next year? I'm just kidding. That was just a joke. That was a joke. Anyways. He's praying for patience. That's his, I'm praying for patience while I'm talking to Hannah face. Happens all the time. Um. I had a great line. I just didn't, I didn't do it. All right. Go on. Okay. So, um, Mike pulled up right here the actual website for the Ferguson response. Um, it's literally thefergusonresponse.com. It doesn't get any easier than that. Um, and if you want to get involved, you click on the get involved thingy-mabob. Um, which is coming back. The thingy-mabob. Um, hey, what? Click? Yeah, click. Let's see what happens. Hey, there it is. Get involved. Okay, so um, there are, yeah, as Rob already said, there's a lot of churches and different groups that are coming together um, to minister to a community, but also to lift up the name of Jesus in that community. Um, and... They're going to have evangelism and prayer teams going out twice a day, as well as um, worship going, not just in the evenings, but actually from like 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. every day, as much as they can fill it up, um, from October 4th through the 25th. Um, And so our worship team is going to be playing on Tuesday night, um, the 14th of October, from 6 to 7. Um, We'd love for you guys to come out and worship with us and intercede with us. And then from 7 to 9, there'll be a service. And so um, you're welcome to stay for that as well. Um, And I think that 
this this response, you know, it's um, it's completely Christ-centered. Um, and so I think it's a, I don't want to say a safe or easy way for the church, but I think a lot of us can be very uncomfortable with justice issues because we just have no idea what to do with them. Um, we're just like, whoa, there, there's so many layers going on of everything that's happening in Ferguson. And as some of you know, I've spent a lot of time down there the past um, two months. And there's so many layers to what's going on there. Um, and I would just encourage you, if your heart is at all stirred by the Lord in any way, and you want to know what God's heart is for this community, as well as for racial division and racism in St. Louis, I would encourage you to be involved in this. Um, this isn't about justice without Jesus. This is about Jesus. And then as we draw near to him, we get his heart for justice and we get his heart for mercy. Um, and so I would just really, really encourage any of you that want to be involved, you literally go, you click on get involved. I'm pretty sure there's a volunteer form on the page somewhere. Boom. So you can sign up right there. Um, and people emailed me back like within, I don't know, like three hours when I signed up. Um, I also knew the people involved, so that might have helped. But, um, yeah, I just encourage you sign up on there or talk to other people in here and say, hey, I want to go down on their evangelism team, you know, next Thursday. You want to go? Um, so we can send out pockets of people that are going together. Um, don't be scared. Ferguson is a suburb. It's not the hood. Um, <laughs> just like, just letting you know. Um, and people are people are people are people and God is God is God is God. And so you don't need to walk in fear and you don't need to walk. Um, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Lord is with you. And so we just really need to remember that. And we need to remember that we're, we're called to be like Jesus and with him. Um, so, you know, a lot of people don't know I grew up over there. They don't know I was born over there or that I lived in Hazelwood. I don't know. So the no uh, <laughs> we should have the Gruners come up here and do a rap. What do you say, Ben? Ben, could you come and please rap on the situation in Ferguson? He'll he'll never do it. He'll never do it. No, not Steve. Ben. <laughs> Although I would pay to see Steve Gruner do a rap. I would pay for that. <laughs> So the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we have, how many of you are North County transplants, any North County transplants? Okay, we have North County not plants. Trans, yeah, so we have people from North County, and then I grew up over there. I grew up, I hung out over there. My best friend lived on Canfield where Michael Brown was killed. I hung out on that street. I hung out at the Quick Trip that was burned down. I mean... The, the, when you when you hear this on the news, West Florissant and this intersection, that those were places where I went and did drugs and had fun. That's pre before Jesus, by the way. <laughs> Minor detail before Jesus. Um, so the <clears throat> you know you see stuff on the news, and even though that's really close geographically, something about the news makes things seem unreal. Because so much of TV is unreal. It's supposed to be unreal. So you see a news flash about something that's going on, and it's like, oh, that's an interesting story. But it's not real. Well, when you, when, when the community is somewhere where you've walked, it's a lot more real to you. You know, where you hung out, where you had good friends, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, I, you know, I grew up there and hung there and, so it's all very real to me because 
that's the community where I lived. It'd be kind of be like if you grew up in O'Fallon, lived here 20 years, and then you move a you move out to Warrington. You hear in O'Fallon that people are being shot and the police are coming in with tanks. You would listen to the news just because that was your that was your place. You you had a place there. You you had an ownership in that community at least at some time. You know. Uh, the the thing about this situation that I want to share is that I think um, we have a unique opportunity. People get shot by the police all the time in America. And unfortunately, many of them are undeserved shootings. It's, 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 it's unjust. What's happening in many cases is unjust. Now, I'm not anti-police, so don't hear what I'm not saying. We love you, Dan. Um, Dan could tell us stories about the police that would make your your blood stop. He's been on the inside, and he is probably more concerned than us. Many of us are, and we're on the outside. <clears throat> so, the as Hannah said, and as Rob said, this thing's multi-layered. You've got the economic issue, you've got the racial issue, you have the constitutional issues. I mean, there are so the legal issues. There's so many layers to this thing. Um, we're not going to fix that, and especially we're not going to fix that in, in by a 21 day thing. But what we can do is we can um, shine the light of Jesus at a very important moment in time. Now. Um, the reason I pointed out that this kind of thing happens all over the country, I mean, last, what, two weekends ago in Chicago, 16 people got shot in one weekend. <clears throat> Five of them were killed. Uh, it's like the Wild West, right? But what's, what's happening in Ferguson, for some reason, and this is probably God, the whole world is looking at Ferguson right now. Get on, get on the internet and read The Guardian. Read international papers. They're talking about Ferguson. Not only is the nation looking at Ferguson, the world is looking at Ferguson. And we're, we're 10 minutes away. So th- this is a unique opportunity for the Church of Jesus Christ while the world is looking to make a statement to the world that God so loved the world. Okay, and, and, and to say it, not just in our words, but to say it in a way that it's tangible and people can see it. Yeah. Are you, you're hearing me, right? And so, um, you know, Rob, as Rob shared, you know, they had 800 people at the first prayer meeting. Well, now they have 70, because that's how these things go. People respond in a crisis, and then when things kind of calm down, then people don't get involved, they're not motivated. And that's why change is so slow to happen. Um, it often takes a crisis to get people involved. Because we're just, we're going about our lives. I get it. I'm busy, you're busy, you got kids, you got work, you got whatever. You're just busy. So, you know, but there's a unique opportunity here. And for some reason... And, and there's really no reason, quite frankly, other than God. There's no reason, because this happens all over the country all the time. Okay, But it's, for some reason, God has said, look, 
Look at what's happening. And he said it, he's saying it to our nation. He's saying it to the world. And they're looking. There's articles every day in, in both local, national, and international news about what is happening in Ferguson. I know you want to say something. Yeah. No, to that point, um, the other weekend I was praying and, um, I was like, I said, God, like, um, I was actually praying about, uh, like the justice system just in our country and just praying for our country. And, um, I was walking up my stairs and I just felt like the Lord said, there's so much writing on the situation in Ferguson. There's a lot more writing on this than any of us know or, or think or can understand. Um, and so I think it's so important for the church to engage this issue. You may not understand, you may not, you may not feel comfortable. I don't care. Jesus doesn't care if you feel comfortable. Um, he cares if you care about his heart and wanting to know what it is in this situation. And so I just ask and encourage all of you to engage in this. And the fact that the world is watching is a really big deal. Um, as I've been down there, um, I have met quite a few clergy um, there, but I would say that I've actually met way more gay rights activists and Muslim um, representatives down there than I have Christians. And the reason is because they they speak very loudly on things that affect minorities, and they see themselves as minorities. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that the African American community in St. Louis and in Ferguson is feeling more. Um, comfort and love from these two specific groups than it is from the church. They're feeling silence from the church often, um, grieves my heart. And so I just really encourage us to turn that around. You know, the world isn't watching for no reason. And so I encourage you, you may not understand this. You may not even know where to begin with this, but, um, not caring isn't really, um, a righteous option at this point. Yeah. I think the, that's a good point because you're saying the same thing I am from a different angle in terms of it's a testimony is being made one way or another, yeah, you know, exactly. and, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, we, this church, we're just one typical evangelical church in, in our country and in our community, but we don't have to be typical. Okay. We don't have to be, we can, we can, um, we can be used by God in, I think, a very important moment in time. So, yeah, I think what Hannah's encouraging everybody to do is just just say, Lord, instead of just watching the news, say, Lord, is there something you want me to do? Secondly, the minimum any of us can do is pray. And, and as I said, news makes things seem unreal, but it's not unreal. These are real people. It's a real community where I grew up. Um, there's real injustice going on. Um, I, mean, I don't know how much you guys have read about this stuff, but I'm I'm appalled at what is going on and how constitutional rights are being violated. I don't, I mean, the racial issue is important. This is very significant component in this. But if you set that side for a moment, whether it's black, white, Latino, it doesn't matter. The fact that you have tanks moving into a suburb in military gear and people are being arrested because they're standing on a, on a sidewalk. I mean, you might not care about anything else, but if you care about your freedom, your freedom, then you ought to care about this. Because the violation of the Constitution that's going on in that community, and that's 10 minutes from us. Do you hear what I'm saying? And when this calms down, and it's going to be a while, I'm going to have a conversation with the O'Fallon police, because I bet they have military gear too. 
And Dan knows they do. And if you're not alarmed by that, you ought to be. Because all of this stuff which is supposedly to protect you can at any moment be turned against you. And it just so happens the church has a long history of being persecuted. And once it's determined that our viewpoint's unpopular and we want to be silenced, those those, uh, munitions, those arms will be turned against us. And if you think it can't happen, then all I can do is pray for you. Because the fact that this kind of thing is happening and most people don't care is alarming. You know, I was reading uh, Niemöller, Pastor Niemöller. You probably never heard of him. You've heard of Bonhoeffer, right? Bonhoeffer was hung by the Nazis in a, in a prison camp because he was involved in a plot to assassinate Hitler. And Niemöller talked about how Nazism happened. And he said, basically, you know, when they came for the when they came for the communists, nobody spoke up. He said, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a com- you know, I wasn't a communist. Then when they came for the union workers, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a union worker. And he went down the line. He said, but then by the time they came for me, there was nobody else to speak up. So, you know, the, the, the political and civil rights that we have as American citizens is a precious gift from God. It is a unique possession. And I think we're living in a unique period of time because the history of mankind shows a pattern of tyranny and abuse not freedom. It's a precious gift. and um, But those gifts are precious not be, just because they're mine. And we tend to forget that. Well, if nobody's, nobody's pointing a machine gun at me, I don't care what goes on around me. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Because it's, it's, it's our apathy, and I'm not trying to rebuke you, I'm as apathetic as anybody because I've got things they need to do in my life. But it's our apathy that allows this kind of thing to to go on. And so um, the problem is, and Dobson addressed this years ago in the whole educational field, you can't begin to care about something when it's on your doorstep because then it's too late. It's too late then. So, you know... um, you might not care about the racial thing. You might not care about economic equality. I don't know. You know, you just might not care. Um, but we have got such an opportunity here to, um, and, it, and it, just to respond, I believe, the way Jesus would while the world is watching. And I'm not talking about, you know, you know, riding in the streets and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about simply praying. I'm talking about worship. If, if you feel led to go out witnessing with the team, well, then, you know, Rob and Hannah or whoever, we can help organize that, and you can do that too. But we're talking about just really kind of standing and being counted, if you will. You know, just saying, I care enough to show up one evening and pray and worship. So, you know, I'm going to leave that between you and the Lord on, on, on what to do. But at a minimum, please pray for that community. Pray for those of us that, you know, are trying to reach out and be a witness in that community. 
Because I believe God, as Rob does and Hannah does and many others, for whatever reason, the world's looking right now, and, and I think God wants to take center stage. He wants to reveal himself in this situation to people. And I believe he already is. I believe the fact that, that uh, blacks and whites and Latinos are coming together to pray and churches are coming together to pray that would never come together, that's a work of God. Amen? Amen? It's a good thing. And that's what God does. He takes bad things and makes them good. What the enemy means for evil, God turns for good. This is the way he always works. He always does that. So um, we can be part of that. We can partner with him in doing that. So um, I had, I really wanted to share out of the word, but um, for the sake of time, I think what we'll do is let's have the worship team come up and then I'd also like us to pray as a body. Um, do you need, you probably need this mic back. Do we need this mic back? You want this? You got another one, Jake? You got more? All right, good. No, you take that one. We're good. No one's using that one? Oh, you? <laughs> says, like, hey, that's mine. You're using that one? I've been getting pushed off the stage here. That's what's happening. I just wanted to invite people to pray. I'd like you guys to just go ahead and play. Um, and then we're going to intercede. And we'll close with some worship. So uh, when we stand together, let's uh, let's go ahead and pray. And I want to invite you to come and pray. Come forward to pray. I'm going to give you the mic so we can all hear you. <clears throat> Father, we thank you um, just for hearing your heart today for those in need. I thank you that um, you actually condescend to use us to be a witness for you. Help us to appreciate what a great privilege it is to bear the name of Jesus, to be called a Christian, and to actually be able to be a testimony for your reality, that you save lives, you change lives, you even change communities, you change countries, you change destinies. So we thank you for that. We thank you that we can be a part of that. We can be a part of what you're doing. We, um, Lord, we just implore your Holy Spirit to take over what's happening in Ferguson. We ask that your Holy Spirit would move in a miraculous way. Lord, as Rob shared with us today, you're, you're the same Lord, the same gospel, same Holy Spirit. You can work the same miracles today. And we've, I've, I've seen so many, Lord, over the years. We pray that you would take over the situation. We pray that no person's agenda but yours would happen. We pray for hearts to be turned to repentance. We pray for churches to come together. We pray for racial animosity to be uh, repented of. We, we pray for justice, Lord. We ask that you would protect those that are being uh, oppressed or victimized. 
Lord, uh, we thank you that you care for the downtrodden. We pray that you would, Lord, move in a way to restore hope, to restore faith, to restore unity to a very fractured and broken community. We know, Lord, that things need to change on many levels, but ultimately, the ultimate change is people need to turn their hearts towards you, Jesus. So we ask that you would move to change hearts.